Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Oneness. If she lived what she claimed, then her integrity would have won her daughter over to receive Jesus instead of reject him. And so those who live without godly integrity, Christian, you need to understand this. These kind of people, they go to church. You'll hear them praying. You'll even see them giving into the tithes and offerings. Maybe you'll even see them singing in the choir. Remember, Cain gave but it wasn't right what he gave. It wasn't his integral best. If their integrity is gone, then whatever they give to the Lord is an insult. It is an unacceptable gift. It is displeasing. Now, I'll tell you straight off, friends, I don't want that to be me. I don't want my giving to be rejected by the Lord God. I want to do my actual best before the Lord. I want him to be pleased with what I give him. I want him to be pleased with my service. I want this very podcast radio show to be pleasing to the Lord, so i got to put my very best in it. This also means that even when no one's watching me, I should not do things that I'm not supposed to do. I'm not supposed to be doing things that God commanded me, don't do this. i got to have integrity. God told Solomon, he said, I took you from your bondage in Egypt So serve me with integrity. Friends, the Lord has saved us from our own bondage, maybe not from Egypt, but he has saved us from the bondage of our sin. And it's only right that if we say we believe in Jesus, that we live it too. And we live it 24-7. Don't just live it at church. Don't just live it in front of the people where where it's necessary to, and then you can go be a heathen dog in everywhere else. All of your busyness that you are into, building this and doing that, it doesn't mean anything if your integrity is shot. If I work my hardest to be the best pastor I can be, but when I'm not at church, if I'm doing all these terrible things, it's going to be found out and nobody's going to listen to me anymore. And same with you. If you're going to be a Christian, you need to be a Christian. If you need to actually do what God says, and not do what he tells you not to do. You've got to have integrity. And all your busyness that you're into, I mean, look at Solomon. He was building this and that. If your integrity is shot, it doesn't mean anything. What you build and what you give is unacceptable and displeasing. Hiram should have received Solomon's very best. Friends, Jesus should receive our best. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, it literally scares me to put my preaching, my fallible voice (laughs) out over broadcast radio and podcasts. I'm scared to death to speak in front of people, even still to this day. 
I know that you listening to me may not believe that, but it does. It's one of my top five biggest fears that I carry. I'm scared to death to do it. I just got to get over it because the Lord told me to do this, so that's why I do it. But the reason I do it also is because God has invested greatly into me, and he has made me capable of doing this. I have been in the radio industry for over 20 years, not broadcast. I used to be the technician that went and worked on the transmitters and made sure all the wires were right and all the parts weren't broken. If a transmitter went down, they sent me to the tower site to go fix it, and I brought them back up again. That's what I used to do. And now I'm talking through the radio, the side of radio I didn't think I would ever do because it requires my voice. And I, I quite honestly, I don't consider myself to be a very good speaker at all. I'm just not very slick. But the Lord has made me capable over the years on how to utilize radio to get this podcast over the air and to reach people with the gospel of Jesus. Since I know how radio works, I'm going to use it. The Lord invested into me long before I got into ministry, and he taught me the radio world. Now I'm using the radio. What I'm saying is the Lord God invested it into me to make me capable of doing it. Therefore, I should give the Lord my best. You got to think, what has the Lord invested into you? What are your gifts? What are you good at? Are you using it for the Lord or are you using it for yourself? Let me take it a little bit further. Are you doing like Solomon? Have you employed yourself and your work and your buildings and what you're doing? Eh, Half of it to the Lord God and half of it to yourself. Friends, are you honestly doing your best before the Lord with integrity, with oneness for Him? Don't divide it between yourself and then for God, whatever's left over. Give it all to Him. I know some of you are thinking, well, Ray, I can't do radio like you do. Okay, first off, you're gifted for what you've got, not not me. I may be good at radio, but you may be good at interior decorating. You might be good at working on cars. I don't know. But don't ever compare your service with someone else. Don't compare yourself with me. I have talked to uh, pastors that wanted to get on the radio, and the first thing they say is, oh, but I don't sound like those other guys. And I tell them, do you you think I sound like the other guys? (laughs) I don't sound like those other great guys on the radio. I sound like me. Never compare your service with someone else's. You know, let me give you a little story here. Young children will go out and pick a dandelion out of the yard, and they'll go take it to their mom because they think it's very pretty. They think it's a beautiful flower. And when they give a dandelion to mom, they don't realize they just gave her a weed. Now, giving mom a weed is not an insulting gift because to the child, they gave what they were capable of giving. But when that child grows up, they get a job, then their best should be to give her a dozen roses because that's what they are now capable of giving. So friends, God is not going to push you to give better than you're able to give. He doesn't care if you give him a dandelion. He doesn't care if you give him a dozen roses. As long as it's what you are capable of giving according to how God has blessed you, according to what God has gifted you with, according to what you're able. If you are able of giving a dozen roses, you'd better not give the Lord a dandelion. But if you are unable to give the Lord a dozen roses, then do not be ashamed of your dandelion. 
There's periods of time in my life when I've got more at some times than other. There's, uh, there was a time in my life I could give two dozen roses to the Lord. And there were some low times when all I could give was a dandelion. Friend, as long as it's your best, don't be ashamed of it, but you must do your best what you're capable of, just like Solomon should have given King Hiram the best that he was capable of giving. The bottom line is, are you walking before God with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing all that God commands you to do? If not, if your sin is justified like Solomon's it was justified, well, well, God, I'm too busy. I've got a ton on my plate. I've I got a lot to do. Well, Lord, I have to keep these people around that you told me to eliminate. I got to keep them because I got to do work over here. Friends, you ever realize that we do that? We justify keeping sin in our lives because, well, I got to do this. Lord, I need to keep this sin because if I don't have this sin, then I can't get that done for you, Lord God. Like we're telling Lord, the Lord God, we're doing this for you by keeping sin in our life. <laughs> it doesn't work. Friends, if you give the Lord gifts while you keep sin in your life, you're misusing that computer when you think no one's looking. And guys, I'm not trying to beat up on you. I just know it's very prevalent out there. Or if you're, you're pursuing money, like money is your God, but, 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 oh, but Lord God, if I make more money, then I can give more in the tithing. No, don't make money your God. Don't keep sin in your life and justify that before the Lord. You just pursue the things of God with integrity, devotion towards him. Friends, God came to give you peace. Jesus came to the cross to die for you to have peace. So don't forsake him. God gave Solomon the way to have a very blessed life. He said, look, here's the terms. You walk with integrity, it'll be great. But if you don't, it's going to turn into trouble. And you know, guys, it's us people who are always the ones that mess things up. You know what? Because we're sinners. So I want to show you 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Diligent, friends. You know what diligence is? Let me explain. I, I uh, had lost my keys before, but I didn't really need to go anywhere. So I kind of looked around for my keys. Well, they'll turn up in a little bit. And yeah, I eventually found them. Then there was one time I lost my keys when I had an appointment. It was an important appointment. To, I'm telling you, I was diligent looking for those keys. I was looking everywhere. I was looking in every drawer. I was looking between couch cushions. I was diligently looking. Some Christians treat God like, ah, you know, it'll, uh, my, uh, I'll walk before the Lord God when I need to. I don't need to right now. The Lord doesn't want that. He wants diligence from out of us. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. That means God is not approving of you if you're not diligent about him. If you're sometimes God on and sometimes God off, sometimes God over here, sometimes God over there, checking boxes, there, got that done. You're insulting the Lord with what you're giving him because it's not your diligent best. Diligence means do your best. Give your best. This is not saying to give your best to be saved because salvation's a free gift. You can't be good enough to earn your, your salvation anyway. That's not what this means. Your diligence is to be approved to God. The reason we do our very best is because it conveys our genuine thankfulness. You ever had somebody tell you, yeah, I'm thankful, but they just really didn't mean it, and you could tell by the way they acted? That's an insult. Don't tell me you're thankful when you're not. Uh, don't tell me one thing when I can definitely see on you that 
that it's that it's not that way. It's kind of like lying. All right, let's just call it what it is. It is lying. Don't lie to God. When you have a lack of integrity, your best is divided in half between serving yourself and serving God so that God will never get the best that you are capable of giving him. Now, in Malachi chapter 1, the Israelites were not bringing their best sacrifices to the Lord. So God literally said to them, He said, I will not accept an offering from you. Why don't you give it to your governor? If you would not give something like this to him, then why would you try to give it to me? That's pretty harsh. So let's think about Solomon giving those trash cities to King Hiram. And so King Hiram named it Kabul, which means good for nothing. Now remember how Kabul was in the Galilee. I want to tell you about another place that was in the Galilee area. It was a city called Nazareth, and that's where Jesus came from. Now, back then, Galilee had an Israelite population, but most of the people that lived there were Gentiles. And this is why the Israelites considered Kabul, the good-for-nothing area, is where Jesus came from. I want to show you in John 1, verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? (laughs) Nazareth was down in that trash area, the dump, the low-end living. And Nathanael wasn't buying it. (laughs) You're really meaning to tell me the Messiah has come out of Nazareth. Can anything good come from there at all? That, that place is a dump, man. Why would Nazareth produce the Messiah? And this confused people also later in John seven forty one. it says, others said, hey, th- this is the Christ. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? <laughs> it's like, no way, we're not buying it. <laughs> they didn't like the region. Haram, King Haram didn't like the region from those 20 cities that Solomon gave him. And even in Jesus' day, many Jews, they just couldn't accept that the Messiah would come from the Galilee area and fulfill the Davidic covenant, because they didn't understand how the eternal king of Israel could come from such a trashy location. Even in the 1860s, Mark Twain, the author of the Tom Sawyer books, he traveled through the Galilee area, and this is what he wrote about the Galilee area. He said, quote, This is not a beautiful place. It is thoroughly ugly and cramped, squalid, uncomfortable, and filthy, end quote. And so the Jews have long thought that the Galilee was too, it it was too Gentile. It, It was too trashy. It was too unacceptable to be the hometown of the eternal king of Israel. So why was Jesus from such a lowly region? As this, why do you think Jesus Christ came from Nazareth, which was considered to be this Gentile, dirty, low, trashy place? Because Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Friends, Jesus is not just our king. He's also our salvation. And Jesus' death on the cross was the very best that Jesus could give us. Jesus did not compromise his integrity 
He didn't make somebody else go and die on the cross for us because no one else could pull it off. Jesus committed himself fully and totally for us. And Jesus came from a, quote, trashy, filthy, squalid, uncomfortable area because he humbled himself to die for us. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus committed himself fully. And so if you truly recognize how much Jesus has invested into you, then it should drive your integrity best to invest your best back into Jesus Christ, into his kingdom. Do you see what Jesus gave you? He gave you so much that you're capable of investing so much back. Golly, guys, today you talk to people about giving, and they shut off. They're done. They don't want to talk. But we're supposed to be givers. The Lord God is our restorer. Friends, we should give our very best to the kingdom. There's a lot of need out there in the kingdom. And you have a lot of resources. You have a lot of blessing that the Lord has given you. And it's not for you to keep for yourself. It's to give back into the kingdom. And it should be your very best. Now, there's a question that comes to mind. You might be thinking, but Ray, didn't God say he would take Israel from the land if they sinned? Well, yes, he did. So then the question hits, so how could God remove the Israelites from their land if he has also made the promise to put someone on the throne of Israel forever, which was the Davidic covenant? How could he take them from there if he's got to keep somebody on that throne? I want you to remember that Solomon had prayed for the Lord to restore Israel if they had been taken captive. But if they repented in their captivity, that he could restore them back, that the Lord would bring them back. And God said to Solomon, I heard your prayer. I want you to look at Psalm 89, 31. If they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out from my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me, it shall be established forever. Friends, the Lord God always has a way to keep his promises despite the mess we make. And friends, I've been to the nation of Israel. I've even visited the region of Galilee. I stayed there. That's where I lodged. And guess what? It's not cramped and dirty there today. It was actually pretty nice. I saw green, productive, and beautiful vineyards and and lots of nice areas. But you want to know why? It's because King Jesus is coming for his people. King Jesus is coming. The land is fruitful. God promised a son of King David to rule on the throne forever. He said that when he promises something, it will not fail. He's not going to alter it. He's not going to go back on his word. He is not going to take back what he said he's going to do. And so for God to make good on his covenant promise, there has to be a way back for Israel's restoration which is exactly what Solomon's prayer was about. Lord, if we sin and mess up, would you please restore us? And the Lord God had said to him, I heard your prayer. I heard you. So friends, likewise in salvation, we messed up. We committed sin. We broke a lot of commandments. 
And the Lord says, you know what? But I've got a promise in line for you if you will accept it. And if you once you accept the terms of salvation and accept that free gift, it's yours and God will make good on it. But that means you've got to consider. You've got to consider everything that Jesus has invested into you. He gave up his very best for you. Now, consider your best. Your best for Jesus. I got to ask you, are you walking with integrity of heart? Are you walking with integrity of uprightness before the Lord? You don't want any leaks in your spacesuit or else you're in big, big trouble. Do you play the part of a believer simply to just check off your to-do list boxes? If you're telling everybody that you're a Christian, then behave like one. There's nothing that really gets under my skin more than somebody that says they're a Christian, but then part of the time they're not acting like one. People look at you and they simply don't buy it because it's not genuine. You're showing no integrity. If there's a sin intermixed in your life's work, like Solomon had in his, then even what you do for the Lord is corrupted. It is a displeasing insult to God. The integrity of our work is not like a business deal. We don't have to buy what God has done for us because we can't do it, but we do have the opportunity, like Solomon did with Hiram, to give gifts of thankfulness to the Lord for blessing us. We should be giving what the Lord God has made us capable of giving. Now, the question is, what kind of gift will you give the Lord God? Will it be a worthy gift? Or will it be an insulting gift? Let us pray in repentance to turn from the sin that we have intermixed in our lives. These half-hearted efforts and this cheap giving that we've all been guilty of, friends, it insults the Lord who has given so much for us. We're not supposed to hold back what the Lord gave us for ourselves. We're supposed to give it back into the kingdom. And I want my offerings to be pleasing to the Lord. And since we know that the Lord hears us pray, let us pray according to 1 John 5.14. It says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, not my will, according to his will, then he hears us. And we got to ask according to his will. That means we got to be integral with integrity, oneness, and devotion to him and our asking needs to be based on obeying Him. James 1 says that the double-minded are unstable. You don't want to be like that. Proverbs 11.3 says that the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Friends, let's pray. I know you're thinking about the giftings you have and the abilities you've got that the Lord has blessed you with. We need to do our best giving for the Lord. Father, thank you for giving to us. We thank you, Lord God, for all these things that you have blessed us with and skills and giftings and even financial possessions, Lord God. We're thankful for that. We ask you, teach us in how to, how to sow back into your kingdom. Teach us to walk with integrity before you because we just want to be pleasing. Lord, for anybody who hears me today who has not given you their life, that they pray with me, Lord God, I messed up, I sinned, forgive me, I'm sorry. I repent of my life and walk away from it, and I want to follow you. I will pursue to obey your word. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.